0: So, We are blessed today. We have uh, two friends of the house, and I mean, these guys are really great friends. And uh, I have grown to know these people a, l- uh, a little more. We, I attend the same life group that they attend. And I mean, they are just a power-packed couple. Somebody say power-packed, power-packed couple. couple. Do you guys remember the dynamic duo? Well, these guys are every bit of that and, and more. So we love them and appreciate. Them. They both bring so much, and we're just so glad they live in our area. And uh, Mr. Font is going to speak to us today, and we're blessed. So please come on up, sir. Miss Linda's coming with him. All right. Oh, well, that'd be even more wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I I know y'all love being here, and that's why you're here, but I just want you to know that there's something about this place that is so good for me, and I feel like almost every time I come here, God imparts something to me, and that doesn't happen to me everywhere I go, so I'm just thankful for this place and who you are and what God's doing here. So this morning, uh, when Ira, I think it was the very first song we were singing, he made mention of... Um, how much god loves us and that we can't give back to him the the degree that he loves us but i felt like um and i i'm sure all of you have hugged people and there are some people that really respond to your hug and some people just sort of take it but when someone responds to your hug what does that do for you it brings you great delight and i just felt like it was the lord saying uh, When we respond, he's the one that comes and hugs us, loves us. But when we respond, it then in in turn brings him something that brings him great delight. So um, I just think I want to learn to respond more intimately and more purposely to his hug, his love. Thank you.
2: Amen. Yes. Those of you who know me, know that I have a, I guess I could call it a very dangerous sense of humor. (laughs) I love having fun and I love humor. Uh, This morning I said to Linda, I love you, you're my favorite wife. (laughs) And she said, how many wives do you have? And I said, it's a secret. (laughs) But anyway, when she walked away and then came back, I said, uh, I just realized there are many wives, there's John's wife, there's Robert's wife, there are many wives here today, and I love all of you wives, but my favorite wife. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's humorous, but there's a point there. I told uh, whenever Mark asked me to speak, he asked, or uh, after he had asked me, he came back and said, uh, what do you think is going to be your topic? And another humorous thing that I love, and I did this even when I was teaching in college classes, I love coming up with a statement that reverses everyone's way of thinking. If we were thinking right, we wouldn't be in the trouble we're in. Let that one, do I need to say that again? If we we as a nation were thinking right, we would not be in the trouble we're in. If we as families were thinking right, we wouldn't have the troubles we have. Oh, I know, none of us have troubles in our family, but they need to hear this. Yeah. So I love to make statements And so I I said, uh, I think I'm going to talk about life after hell. Life after hell? How many of you have heard the phrase, hell on earth? How many of you have been there? Come on. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to call that, (laughs) that's not going to be my topic today. But you'll see later on why I started to name it that. I really want to call this, In Your Hearing, and this is from Luke chapter 4, and the first part of what I want to do this morning, I want to give a brief exegesis of several verses in Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 15 and going all the way through verse 30. Uh, a brief exegesis. So we're just going to go through the text and talk about it briefly, and after that, then we're going to make a personal application of what does this mean for us today, 2023, February the 12th. What does that mean for us today? So, beginning. Uh, first of all, any exegesis, it has to. You need to look at the text in the context. What is the context of Luke chapter 4? The entire book. And until we get a hold of that, we're going to miss a lot of stuff. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole book today. But I want you to understand... Uh, the background is uh, all of the prophetic words in the Old Testament and the fact that John the Baptist came and he was the one who prepared the way by announcing the kingdom of his at hand, etc. He baptized Jesus. Jesus received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit took him immediately into the, witness, uh, into the wilderness for trial. And he had what we call the, the three temptations which we're not going to talk about. But he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Power comes into your life after you make it through the trial. Someone said there's no testimony without a test. If you pass the test, you've got a testimony. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, and this is beginning... Actually, in verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee, and the report of him went throughout all the surrounding country, uh, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Now, we could spend a lot of time talking about that. He came to Nazareth, where he grew up. How many of you go back to where you grew up and everyone said, oh, yeah, we know him, her. Yeah, yeah, we know. And so he, on the Sabbath day, uh, he stood up. He was asked to give the message that day, like brother found on the 12th, okay? And so he opened to the text of Isaiah And he read, and we're going to read it now, beginning with verse 16. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now just think, these Jewish people in that synagogue have been hearing this text and reading this text all their life. But they've never heard this. They've never heard This, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, they've heard all those words, but they had not heard them spoken by one about whom the words speak. They did not, whenever he read the text, they did not hear, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Hey guys, Spirit of the Lord, they did not hear that when he read the text. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. They didn't hear that when he read the text. They heard, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he is anointed. They heard what they had always heard, okay. And so he rolled up the scroll and put it back and he sat down and rabbis always sat down to teach. Uh, In our culture, we stand up to teach. I was sitting down, they want me to teach, I stand up. It was backwards in those days. Uh, We're backwards, okay. Uh, He sat down, all of the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him and he said, Or he began to say, Today, February the 12th, 2023, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In your hearing. Now, there's a message. And there is a hearing. And there's quite a bit of difference sometimes between what is said and what is heard. How many of you have been in an argument because you said something and someone heard something else? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, their response, having heard the reading and having heard his explanation of the reading, which is, this has been, this just happened in front of you right now, okay? All spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming forth from his mouth, and they said, Is not this son Joseph's kid? Now, it looks like the response is, Wow, Joseph's son, look how wonderful he has become. That's not what they're saying. That's what we hear sometimes, but that's not what they're saying. So you see, there is a message and there is a response. What we hear is filtered through what we already think before we heard, and that's that's just true of humanity. That's just the way we live. Uh, if if you say something, if Alex says something to me, that's going to be filtered through my personal experiences, and I may hear something other than what he's trying to say to me. And uh, we'll work through it because he's a good guy and he's willing to work. You're willing to work with me. Okay. So we're going to make it. Okay. Your name is Alex, isn't it? Did I get the right name? This is amazing. (laughs) I actually got the right name. (laughs) You you don't know how amazing that is. Uh, Just a few days ago, I said, Uh, Lord, you never knew what it was like to live in an old body. You had a young body. And the Lord said, I'm living in an old body right now. I'm living in you. So I know what that is. You know, he has a sense of humor too. (laughs) So anyway, here is the thing. My response to what you say and my response to what the scripture says comes totally filtered through my understanding based on my background oh jesus yeah we saw him when he was just a little kid and we saw him oh we know jesus never made any mistake i'm not talking about mistakes he made but i am talking about mistakes they read into what he made that little kid He thinks he's better than everybody else just because he can quote more scriptures than they can. So you following what I'm doing here? Yeah, that's Joseph's boy. So the response. Now, before we move too far, grace words, literally. Grace words coming out of his mouth. Grace is coming out of his mouth is grace landing. The spirit in which I say something comes forth. But sometimes another spirit lands because people interpret the word through where they're at rather than through the spirit that I am uh, in whenever I'm saying it. Okay. And the words are liberty and... And everybody, oh yeah, we all need liberty and favor. Isn't this awesome? God is going to give liberty. And to whom is he going to give it? To the poor? To the oppressed? To those that are in captivity? Oh, he didn't call my name. He didn't mention my profession. He didn't say scribes, and he didn't say Pharisees, and he didn't say uh, Jewish leaders. He said the poor. Those guys out there that don't have a foggiest idea what's going on, because they don't know the Bible as well as I do. And he didn't even mention me. Now we're beginning to get into the... uh, mentality of the people who heard the message but they didn't hear having ears to hear they are having ears they hear not so let's move on now at this point it really looks like these guys are really thinking Jesus is awesome because we already read everyone is glorifying him and that was back in verse 15 But notice what happened. He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. You think you're really something, and we've heard all these rumors. Prove it. Now, this is not something they said. He discerned their heart. He could see how it had filtered through their preconceived notion of who he is. And instead of saying, oh, thank you guys, I'm glad you appreciate the word. He said, I know where you're coming from. I know what you're really thinking. Prove it. That you're really the one uh, who is the fulfillment of this scripture. Show us. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. And I notice I'm here in my hometown. The truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel. And we go, I'm going to skip uh, only the, uh, the widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon, which is a foreign widow. No Jewish widows were favored. A foreign widow was Was favored. And then lepers, there are a lot of lepers in those days in Israel. Not one of them was healed. The only one that was healed was a foreigner. God is having more favor on the foreigners than he is on you guys. Now, it doesn't look like he's looking for a good report in the Sunday news. (laughs) he's not trying to say to get everyone else to proclaim his goodness. Now I want to notice very quickly and then we're going to go to the application in verse 28 and 29. When they heard these things all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. Oh, did you hear the grace words that came out of his mouth until he exposed their hearts. Just in passing, filled with wrath. The word for filled there is the same word that is translated "filled with." Be filled with the Spirit. And I just want to say this in parentheses because I think the church does not understand the concept of filled with the Spirit. It's not as though he bored a hole in our head, poured Holy Ghost in, put a cork so it won't leak out. And I've heard people say, "Well, it leaks." This Holy Ghost don't leak. The word actually is used in nautical terms, the wind and the sail. The wind fills the sail and gives it the power to move the ship. They were filled with wrath. They're about to do something and about to say something. What is motivating, what is filling their sail when they do what they're about to do. It's a demon of wrath. Did you follow that? It wasn't... They weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God came forth and 3,000 were saved. These guys were filled with wrath. And with that motivation, with their sails filled with wrath... They brought him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built and they, uh, so that they could throw him down off the cliff. So they want to kill him because he exposed their heart. Now, I think Luke is aware of what he's going to write at the end of this book. It's about the death, the burial, and the resurrection These guys ultimately did push him off the cliff. They put him on the cross together with the Romans. All right? So he is preparing the way. Say, from the very beginning, they have been giving him hell. Now, I'm using language that you don't usually use in church. That's the reason I changed the topic. (laughs) I didn't want to talk about hell too much. But do you understand what I mean? Do you believe the Pharisees and later the Romans gave Jesus hell? Yeah, they did. I mean, that's our language. It was also their language. They just said it a little bit different. So what's my point? When they gave him hell on the cross, he overcame hell and the grave. And he experienced life after hell. Now let that settle in. You also can experience life after the hell you're going through. But in order to do that, you have to hear what he's saying, not what you want to hear. And what he wants to say to you is, I see this thing in your heart. You do real good Sunday morning. I mean, you're up there in the worship leadership team and uh, you really look good and you say all the right words and sing all the right songs and uh, I know it's in your heart. You really want to be true. I will never forsake you, Jesus. Well, you just forsook him two days ago when you did this or said that. Uh, I would rather think in terms of he will never forsake me. Okay? And he will never forsake you. He will never leave you and never forsake. Well, I don't feel his presence. Well, I didn't say you will always feel his presence. But when you do not feel his presence, he's there waiting for you to change your attitude so you can be open to what he wants to speak to you here. Uh, I'll I'll just say personal confession. Yesterday is one of the most difficult days I have had in years in terms of just feeling right about everything. I I barked at my wife. I barked at my son. I barked at everybody. Yesterday was not a good word for me, a good day for me. Well, it was a very good day because I saw something in me I hadn't seen before. And it gave me an opportunity to spend the the late evening and the early morning hours really going before the Lord and saying, I need to be cleansed of this. And I received what he spoke of up here, good news to the poor. I was the poor. Liberty to the one who was in the captivity of some kind of thing that was going on in me. Is this making any sense yet? Uh, I was captive to something, and I could not get loose until the end of the day in the early morning hours. And he set at liberty the one who I was oppressed yesterday. Believe me, I mean it when I say it's one of the worst days I have had in years. He was preparing me for today to preach a message on setting the captive free. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, application well, I've already done a little application. Uh, he came for the oppressed, the oppressed people. Actually, I was can I say it this way? I know it's church, but I was going through hell yesterday. I mean, my body hurt, my feet hurt, my back hurt, My, I mean, everything was hard yesterday, and I could not receive goodness from the other people who are trying to be good to me. There's life after hell. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Now, the rich... And the powerful now when I say rich I don't mean those with money there are a lot of people with money they have money but money does not have them and I think we're all familiar with that kind of thinking so we're not talking about people with a lot of money if we're talking about people with a lot of money if we compare ourselves with the people in some of the nations I've been to Uh, Even the people on the poverty level in America are wealthy compared to some of the people we've seen. Carol has seen them. Linda and I have seen them. So we're not talking about how much money you have. We're talking about whether you are committed to what you have or committed to the one who has you. So the, the uh, rich do not like this word. They're going to set the oppressed free because it's the oppressed, that's how I get my money. I get rich because those people have to pay more than they need to pay for the stuff I make so that I can get rich and it impoverishes them. And if we set them free from this, actually we're taking my income away from me. Or if influence is the issue, I'm the most most wonderful uh, and respected man in town. And this guy comes in and nobody knows him. And and all of a sudden, he's getting more attention than I am. I'm going to do what I can to put him back in his place so I can have all the attention. Okay. So we're just making a personal application. September the 12th, 2023. This has been fulfilled. This whole text has been fulfilled in your hearing. You've lived through it. What did I say? Well, (laughs) that's my birthday month. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Whatever today is... (laughs) This mistake was made in your hearing. <laughs> and you heard it. <laughs> now hear the word of the Lord, okay? Jesus, th- this to me is so amazing. And we're going to move forward to where Jesus overcame the difficulty they were causing for him. Now, it's prefigured in them wanting to push him off the cliff, and later through his life they want to stone him and all kinds of things. It's prefigured there. But the truth of what the whole text is talking about is whenever they put him on the cross. And we celebrated that and proclaimed it this morning through communion. I appreciate your words very much. It is a proclamation. What were we saying to the world when we put that piece of bread in our mouth? What were we saying to the world when we drank that wine? The blood of Jesus does not merely cover. It empowers the body to do the will of God. Now, so we move to the end. Jesus is being pushed off the cliff ultimately as they put him on the cross. And what are his words from the cross? We're not going to deal with all seven of them. Seven. We're not going to deal with all seven of them, but his prayer. Father, These guys are not doing a good thing. These guys are being mean to me. And it's okay. He did not say it's okay. Believe me this. When someone is taking unfair advantage of you, it is not okay. If you're okay with that, you're codependent. You have a problem and you need to deal with it. It is not okay. It's wrong. Now, there may not be anything you can do about it, but that doesn't mean it's not. It is wrong. Father, forgive them. They don't get it. They don't understand what they're doing. And the fact that they don't understand what they're doing does not excuse them. You say, well, if I forgive them, they'll think I'm excusing them for what they... No, what they did was wrong. I personally believe that when Jesus forgave those who were pushing him off the cliff, that gave him the power to move in resurrection after death. Yeah. And forgiving the one who pushes you around will give you the power to live beyond it, through it, and over it. There is life after being pushed around. There is life, but the first step is forgiveness. The second step is, is uh, his final word, into thy hands I commit my spirit. I'm going to let him kill me because I trust you. Now, a dead person cannot raise himself from the dead. He was really dead. He was really dead. He wasn't pretending to be dead. He was dead. His father raised him from the dead. And father will raise you from whatever you're going through today. Whatever struggle you're having, last week, the uh, last few years, whatever, whatever struggle you're in, God himself in your time of trial, we'll give you what you need to come out of it with filled with the Holy Spirit and with power to live the resurrected life here and now. It's not someday when I die, I get to go to heaven. And I'm not denying heaven. We need some people who live in it now, here today. And like we were praying before church began in our prayer time, We need to begin to do battle with the enemy and take America back for the Lord. We need to do that. And there are those who are doing it, and I just challenge you, join us. Let's be the Lord's army. We sang it in Sunday school when we were little. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, you are. And we're not marching to the enemy's band. We are marching... To the sound of the trumpet that is saying it's time to move forward and it's time to overcome the captivity that we the nation have been in for years it's time to say resurrection day we're moving forward and the enemy is defeated we win this battle now it's not going to just happen overnight but I believe that's where we are today. We are in the process of entering into life after the hell that the left wing has given us for years. They've taken our schools away from us. They have taken the courts away from us. They have taken our children away from us. They no longer have to ask the parents' permission to do as they please with their children. The children belong to the state. No, they don't. Show me one child that the state birthed, and I will say they can have that one. There ain't none. The woman who birthed that child belongs to the child, and the child belongs to her. Now, we we could go on and preach on stuff like that, but you guys know all that. The message this morning is very simple and I'm done. Whoever's in charge after I'm done, get ready to come take the mic. So you're it. Okay, okay. It's time to stand up and be who we are
0: in Christ. Wow. Praise the Lord, man. Hallelujah. I just can't imagine Fount being too ornery. I just can't imagine it. Hey, I love it when leaders are transparent, right? You know, it just makes me feel better because... I'm going to say this. You never really know somebody in church. You, you know them better at home, maybe on the job, you know. But... uh Anyway, there's life after hell. I think we could all really relate to that, you know. That is, that is so good. Praise the Lord.